Whether you're starting a game or starting your day, you need to pick a starting lineup and you're going to want the starter from Jack Black. Loaded with the superior skincare the pros love, Kings fans can get the starter for just $10, shipping included. Available exclusively at GetJackBlack.com with the code TEAMJB, the starter has four of Jack Black's best-selling skincare and shave products, plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm, SPF 25. Here's to the winning combination for 2023, the LA Kings and the starter from Jack Black. $10 plus free shipping, available at GetJackBlack.com with the code TEAMJB, while supplies last. You're listening to an L.A. Kings podcast. For more episodes of this and every other Kings program, visit lakings.com slash podcast. We'll get it back to the point. Handled here by the Hawks. Going up front. Great saves, Lukinski. Point blank. You're listening to All the Kings Men, the official podcast of the L.A. Kings. Leaving it in the slot. Follow-up try. Great saves, Lukinski. As he squared up there. Now, here's your host, Jesse Cohen. Welcome back, Kings fans. I'm Jesse Cohen. This is All the Kings Men. Between the entry draft, trades, and free agency, the LA Kings have added more than a dozen players since the end of the 2022-23 season. Over the next few weeks, we're bringing you episodes featuring guests that have covered their teams and saw them play to give you a better sense of who they are and what you can expect. Today, we're talking about the LA Kings selection in the fourth round of the 2023 NHL Entry Draft, taken at 118th overall, goaltender Hampton Slukinski. In this episode, you'll hear from Hampton's head coach at War Road High, Jay Hardwick, Director of Amateur Scouting for the LA Kings, Mark Yannetti, and National Reporter on the Draft and Prospects for the Athletic, Scott Wheeler. Joining me now, head coach of the War Road High School Hockey team, Jay Hardwick. How are you doing today, Jay? Very good. I'm sorry. I should know what the mascot of War Road is, but I don't actually. The the Warriors. There you go. The War. All right. Perfect. The War Road Warriors. Uh, we're here yes. today to talk about Hampton Slikinski. And you might not know the answer to this, but I'm. But it occurred to me yesterday. I was sitting there making dinner, and all of a sudden, it just literally popped into my head. Our director of amateur scouting, Mark Unetti, has talked about the perils of drafting a goalie. Uh, because goalies take longer to develop. And with yes. the three-year ELC and the state of the league now, he said, you know, if you draft a goalie and you get it right, chances are you're watching your pick pay off for some other team. And right. so they're hesitant to do that. But then I had remembered uh, looking, as I tend to, at uh, Cap Friendly and at the reserve lists. And for whatever reason, I keep my own little spreadsheet of uh, of prospects and when their contracts are up or, or when the team has to make a decision as to when to offer a player an ELC or lose their rights. And Hampton Slikinski doesn't, uh, that decision doesn't have to be made until August 15th, 2029. And I thought... So they've got some time. <laughs> they've got plenty of time. And I thought when they drafted him, my first thought was, well, why are you taking a goalie out of high school? How would you even... How would he even get on your radar? But then I'm seeing that 2029, you know, date, and I'm thinking, huh, well, now they actually have six full years of him in their development system. Um, does that make sense to you? Does it sound like I might be overthinking it, or is that something we might no, see part of in the future? <laughs> no, I think that makes sense. Uh, you know, with goaltenders, it is. It's a, it's a slower burn than uh, 
you know, with uh, regular players, the goaltenders typically take a little bit longer to develop, um, you know, and maybe be NHL ready. Um, you don't see very many goaltenders, uh, you know, break in the league at, uh, you know, 18, 19, 20 years old, like you do with uh, forwards and defensemen, uh, you know, whatever the reason is, uh, it just takes a little bit longer. And the, the goalies, uh, you know, it might be, it might be, they might be 25 years old by the time they're, they're ready for the NHL and they have that seasoning of, you know, whether it be junior or college hockey, and then, uh, you know, maybe a few years in the minor leagues and they kind of work their way to, to get NHL ready. So you were a defenseman, you're now a head coach. The phrase goalies are voodoo has been said from, you know, every level of the of the industry, from from media people up to, you know, our director of player personnel the other day. Um, so how do you as a head coach gauge the preparedness or the readiness of a goaltender? Yeah, and it's tough. I think the goalies are so hard because if you didn't play the position, um, you know, if you don't have that intimate, intimate knowledge of, of the position, it's really hard to gauge, you know, how good the guys are, where they, you know, where you see them progressing to. Um, myself as a coach, I, I try to stay out of my goalies ways. You know, I just say, stop the puck. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm not going to tell them what to do because I can't, I never played the position. I'm not going to tell them, Hey, you got to do this better. You got to do that better because, they're going to look at me and they're going to say, well, you never played goalie. You don't know what the heck you're talking about. So, um, you know, I think you just kind of project on a lot of things with goaltenders is obviously, you know, their size, um, how they approach the game, how they, how their work ethic is. Um, and, and I think all of those things have helped Hampton, um, get to where he is right now. Um, I've told, you know, all the NHL teams that I talked to prior to the draft, I told them that, you know, he might only be 18 years old, but the way he prepares, the way he approaches the game, he acts like he's a professional right now. Um, and, you know, it took me a long time. Uh, you know, I know when I was 18 years old, I didn't prepare and uh, approach the game the way that Hampton does. And, uh, you know, it probably took me to being 25, 26 years old to to understand, you know, this is, these are the way that th you need to do things if you want to be a professional hockey player. And I think just the way Hampton was brought up with his family and, and having an older brother that, that plays hockey and will be in college next year. I think it's just the, his whole business like approach. Um, he acts like a pro right now, even though he's 18 years old. Now elite prospects, I don't know how reliable it is when it comes to tracking high school data, but it looks like Hampton played all but one of the games for you last year. Is that correct? He did. Yep. And, and the elite prospects is pretty accurate. Uh, I've actually gotten to know uh, one of the guys that works there. So um, I, he'll email me from time to time and uh, I'll give him stats and I'll, he'll make sure that everything's correct. So I, I know, uh, you know, when I like, when our stuff gets up there, I want to make sure that it's right. And, uh, but yes, he played every game and the, you know, the one game he didn't play, it was, you know, it was a team where, you know, Hampton kind of said, Hey, you know, let's let, our other, our backup goalie play and I'll take a night off. And we had a string of, uh, you know, very big games coming up kind of that, that later in that week. And Hampton said, you know what, I'm going to, we will be fine with, uh, with Ben in the nets and uh, let him go. And uh, I'm going to rest up and I'm going to prepare and get ready for the games this weekend. So, uh, but besides that, we just, we let him run with it and he was outstanding. So that was his decision then? 
Yeah. And it, you know, we had thought kind of thought about it as a coaching staff, but I, you know, I, I left it up to Hampton and I said, you know, do you want to play tonight? And he said, no, he goes, you know what? He goes, I'm going to rest and get ready. And, uh, you know, we've, we've got some big ones coming up and, uh, I want to, I want to make sure that I'm at my best for those games. So, uh, yeah, it was a good decision and it worked out well for everybody. So I like to think of myself as more knowledgeable than the average fan, but I have to confess, I don't know anything about Minnesota high school, uh, competitive levels. So I see the numbers 28, one and one, a 1.47 goals against the 941 save percentage. And I go, geez, that's really impressive, but I have no idea the, the competition level. How impressive is that? It, it is impressive. Um, and that you don't see stats and records like that very often. Um, you know, there's a reason why he won the, the state goaltender of the year this year, um, because he was outstanding. And, you know, uh, in, I've been coaching, I think for 12 years now at the high school level. And, um, you know, you, you don't see that very often. It's pretty rare to see a team, uh, go undefeated or almost undefeated, uh, and it's it's rare for goaltenders to have stats like that because the the competi- competition level is high, especially you know where we are and we try to build our schedule. So we're playing the best teams. Um, you know, there's we had a fellow draft pick on our team. Uh, you know, there was other kids that uh, that we played against this year that'll uh, you know certainly play college hockey and and probably uh, get drafted in the future as well. Well, I always like to ask. Uh, people in situations like this, how a player deals with adversity at 28, one and one doesn't sound like there's a ton of adversity, but what happened that one loss? How quickly did he bounce back after that? Well, it was actually the last game of the year. It was oh, the no. state championship. <laughs> so uh, there was no bouncing back. Uh, that was the gotcha. one loss of the year in, uh, in double overtime uh, against a very good hockey team. So, uh, but no, I mean, he was very good. Uh, you know, the year before his record was, was outstanding as well. And, uh, you know, we knew that every game that Hampton played, um, he gave us a chance to, to win a hockey game just by, by the way that he was going to play. Uh, you know, maybe we wouldn't have the best goal support or, you know, our other players weren't going to sometimes didn't play the best, but there were games that, uh, he was definitely the difference maker. And how is he in the locker room? Is he, is he a leader that you can lean on? Yeah. And he's, you know, he's a type of guy where he's, he's quiet and he's, you know, he's very, uh, business-like he approaches a game where he's, you know, he's getting himself ready, but I think he's the type of kid where when he says something, people listen, you know, he's not going to be the rah-rah guy every single game, you know, telling guys what to do and trying to get people going, but he's the type of guy that, uh, you know, when he says something, they listen because they know it matters. And and I think the the other way of, of leading is just how he approaches it. You know, he's he's our hardest worker, you know, every single day, not just in games, in practice. And it didn't matter when he was on the ice. His goal was to not get scored on. And and when he uh, the way he competed, uh, it, it made our, our whole team better. I imagine that you won't have a ton of firsthand experience with this, but maybe you will. Minnesota high school is probably more popular than, you know, high school is uh, high school hockey is here in California. But how is he when there are occasions for him to deal with fans or members of the student body, you know, outside of the locker room, away from the rink? How does he handle that notoriety? No, he's great. Uh, You know, and that's uh, he's been, you know, he's very he's very humble. I mean, he has that confidence of I'm a goal. I'm a good goalie. I'm going to stop the puck, but I mean, he's great with, you know, little kids. He's great with people. He's very accommodating to, 
you know, if you want an interview or if you want to talk to him or if kid needs an autograph, um, you know, he doesn't carry that air of, you know, well, I'm, I'm so good that I'm above everybody else. He, he understands that, uh, you know, the hockey world's a small world and, uh, you got to be good to everybody. And, and he is, and like I said, that's, you know, kind of the way he was raised is that, uh, you know, I'm going to go out and I'm going to, I'm going to work hard and let my play speak for itself. And I'm going to be, you know, an upstanding citizen, which he is. He came to a development camp. He had his USNTDP mask. Um, When it comes to participation in programs like that or the draft process, how much communication do you have with coaching staff, scouting departments, you know, whoever it is that, that determines where he moves on in his career? Yeah, you know, a little bit, uh, you know, throughout the whole process, I'll get calls from people and they'll ask questions. But, uh, you know, with the USA Hockey stuff, they they do a lot of that uh, internally. They don't, uh, you know, they, they evaluate and they pick kids, you know, based on what they see. And, uh, you know, they might not, uh, you know, reach out to me or anyone else necessarily as much as, as other teams do. But, um, you know, I'm always kind of aware of what's going on and uh, where he's headed next. And uh, it was exciting for him to, you know, after the season, right after we got done, he he took off and went with uh, NDTP and they were in uh, Switzerland for the World uh, Junior Championships or whatever it was. And then uh, and then now for him to get that invite uh, this summer to go to the World Junior Camp and have an opportunity to, to make that team. Uh, I know he's excited and uh, we're all excited for him. Any insight onto the nickname Hammer, or is it just as simple as Hampton turns into Hammer? Yeah, I mean, it, it is kind of that simple. Uh, the The story is is that when before he was born, his older brother, um, you know, his parents said, "We're gonna, you know, you're gonna have a little brother, and we're gonna name him Hampton." And and right away, you know, his brother's probably three or four years older than him, so I mean, he wasn't very old at the time, and he said, "Well, I'm gonna call him Hammer," and it just stuck and he's been hammer ever since. Perfect. Jay, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Anytime. All right. Joining us again, Mark Unetti. How are you doing today, Mark? I'm doing well. Good to be here. So this is a player. We're talking about Hampton Slikinski here today. And I, about two days ago, I was making dinner. I don't remember what I was thinking about. And suddenly, you know, if anybody's watched those cop shows or like house, the doctor show where the, you know, the the main character has that moment where all of a sudden they're staring off into the middle distance and they go like, ah, I got it. Um, I have this habit of just staring at Cap Friendly from time to time. And last week I was looking at Hampton Slikinski on the King's Reserve chart and I was like, why is his decision date August 15th, 2029? That seems so far in the future. And then two days ago, I'm sitting there, I'm making dinner and I hear your voice talking to me and Zach Dooley before the draft, talking about how if you draft a goalie and he ever hits, he's likely to be hitting for somebody else's team because of how long it takes for them to develop. And all of a sudden, I see that 2029 date, and I go, oh, that's why they took a kid out of high school. That's why they looked for a kid who's 17 and and has a, a, a due date of 2029. Am I reading way too much into that? Well, I, that's that's obviously part of it, but there were a few other things that we liked about the kid. <laughs> well, sure. <laughs> you know, other other than other than his, you know, other than the drop dead date, there were a mm-hmm. couple other things that got us to him. Uh, no, as, as you said, we we you know we certainly are cognizant of you know he's got a his development path is it's perfect. You know he's going to go from high school, and then at the end of this year he made the world. You know I said you don't go look at the last time 
a goal he went from high school to the to the U.S. team on the last tournament. It just doesn't happen a lot. So he got to play in a couple of USHL games, you know, limited tournament action, but he got to play there. And next year he goes to the USHL, a big jump in competition. Then the year after he goes to Northern, another big jump in competition. But each year he's taken that staircase level of, uh, you know, of, of up in competition. So uh, in terms of his development path and development curve and development timing, it, it couldn't work out better for us in that position. Um, so that's a positive. But there were so I, again you only hear you, you yeah you hear the successes and the failures. Um, we were we were relatively confident we were going to draft Hampton Sapinski in uh, January. Um, wow, that that long ago. Yeah, um, Teddy and Andy had done a lot of early work. He was very under the radar early. Uh, we had him slotted a little bit. It, it, you know, just because a guy's in a certain part of our list, I don't want to say we get cute, but you can get some guys later and some guys you have to take earlier. Like, um, you know, if you saw where Matt Roy was on our list, you'd say, why are you waiting to the seventh round to draft him? Well, because we knew nobody knew about him. He was, you know, I said, it's always a, a little risk involved, but, but there was a fair level of confidence. You know, um, so, you know, why are you trading up two spots to get Tyler to Foley? Well, because we were worried, you know, Colorado was going to take them. Turns out they had Picard and Toffoli. We don't know who they would have taken, but they were taking one of them. Um, so, so things like that. So we had him pegged a little bit later. We thought we could sneak him out after the fourth round in January, February. Uh, by the end of February, he was starting to be more well known. As soon as the U.S. team took him, we were like, oh no, you know, got a little bit lucky that that Augustine was running so good this year that he didn't give up the net much. That certainly helped, but um, he was, he, he was one of the goalies we had targeted. He was one of the goalies we were confident we'd be able to draft. And that didn't mean we were only going to draft one goal, but we were, uh, there were three or four goalies we thought might go before certain picks. And we weren't wrong in, in, in those cases. Um, so there was more uncertainty with them. We, you know, there's certainly, there's certainly two or three other goalies we would have liked to draft as well, get two of them in. But, um, you know, it, it was, it was very good procedure with him. And I said, Andy and Teddy did a lot of work. Uh, you know, we had the goalie guys in watching him. I watched him multiple times. The kid's story is like, like this kid has never had a goalie coach, you know, um, I just got off the phone with Billy. Uh, we've had a couple meetings since development camp talking about, and Billy can't believe how well he catches the puck. Like, he could raving about how well he catches the puck. He said he hasn't seen a goalie catch the puck like this kid in a while. Well, he's got no goalie coach. Turns out that, you know, he probably said it in one of the stories. Um, he had one of those jugs machines. He, he was watching YouTube, YouTube, and he saw that there was jug machine, you know, you know, he could use that to. So he sits down there for 30 minutes a day and, you know, fires the thing in and the jugs machine and the balls curve and, you know, it forced him to look at it. It's just a, a non-traditional way to get to a high level in a certain technical aspect of the game, i.e. catching the puck. So it's just kind of cool. And Billy Billy remarked on it to me the other day. If if you knew you were going to take him in January, did he know that in January? No, no idea. <laughs> okay. No. Uh, we were, um, as I said, you, you try to be cagey. Um, mm-hmm. you, you got to get all the information, but, you know, it's like, you know, it's like prom date stuff or, you know, high school, high school, uh, you know, high school relationships where, 
you know, you play it cool and you, know, you, you make it seem like you don't really like the other person, but you, you kind of have time for them just to make sure that they know that you're there, but you're not really there. You know, it's, it's all that, you know, it's all that little, you know, cat and mouse stuff. Thing. Cause you got to get the information about them. But at one time we were the only team that at one time in January, we were the only team that spoke to them personally. Hmm. Then, you know, later on Washington gets in and Washington does a good job with goalies. So that made us a little nervous, but, um, he would have, if you asked him, I'll bet he thinks that we would have liked him and potentially drafted him. But I don't think in, until later on he would have known that we were one of the big suitors. Well, another kid that I talked to at development camp, and again, just seemed like a real, <laughs> a real nice kid. I'm getting, I know I'm getting old because every time I talk to these kids in development camp, I come away going, "What a charming young man." That's all That's I can all. think of. It. No, he's as I said, it was it was good development camp. Um, first day, the shooters were a little. You know, I don't know how much you want your first day. The shooters are a little ahead of him. Mm -hmm. uh, and then by the last day, he had caught up to the level, which is really what you want to see. Um, you know, the, the goalie coaches really liked his edges. Uh, they liked the way he read the play. He hits his marks. He's precise. You know, this, as I said, for a guy who hasn't had a goalie coach, there's a lot of rawness and a lot of things. That, that, but in terms of foundational things and things that are harder to teach, um, they were the goalie. The goalie coaches were impressed. Uh, we're impressed with that element. Uh, they said he certainly doesn't lack confidence too. <laughs> you always want to hear that. Well, they said he certainly didn't lack confidence and they were real happy about it in some areas and some areas he's going to have to mature in. Yeah. Well, we talked to his head coach, Jay Hardwick from uh, war road and he, he seemed to like him just fine. So if Bill Ranford and his uh, high school head coach, both like him, I figure he's doing something <laughs> right. Yeah. Mark, thanks so much for your time today. We'll talk to you soon. Absolutely. All right, joining us today from the Athletics, Scott Wheeler. How are you doing today, Scott? I'm doing well. How are you guys? Excellent, thank you. And featuring Zach Dooley, how are you doing today, Zach? Jesse, I'm also doing well. <laughs> Good. Good to know. Uh, we're here to talk about the 2023 NHL entry draft, specifically today, Hampton Slikinski, a goalie selected by the LA Kings in the fourth round, 118th overall. Now, Scott, I spoke to Mark Unetti about Hampton Slikinski recently, and he revealed to me that they knew that they were planning on drafting Hampton as early as January of last year, which was news to me. Um, a high school player, mm -hmm. how far off of your – I mean, you have a lot of players to worry about. Are you even aware of guys at playing in state-level high school leagues, even if state like Minnesota – Oh yeah, certainly. Uh, especially with that okay. Warroad uh, War Road High team this year, uh, he was there were actually three players of sort of NHL draft interest uh, on that Warroad team, and they were uh, one of the best teams in the state, et cetera. So uh, yeah, Hampton's a kid. I, I actually saw Hampton on a trip down to Plymouth when he was briefly with the the national team, and then obviously again as their third stringer, I I sort of saw him in a practice setting. Uh, late in the season, at, well, really at the end of the season over in Switzerland when I was there for U18 Worlds as well. So, um, yeah, there's, um, there's, there's, there's a, a, a sort of foundation there of a track, enough of a track record there at, at the very least to, to sort of have warrant, warranted consideration this year. He's a very quick, light goalie. You, you, when you see him around the rink, you, you notice right away that he's kind of a, a lean kid, which is quite common for goaltenders. Uh, not the tallest kid. I believe he's six foot one. You can correct me if I'm wrong there. Uh, but just sort of relies on his feet and his quickness and his athleticism in the net. Uh, and, and sort of going post to post and, and tracking players one on one on Deeks and sticking with, with Deeks and that kind of a thing. So that's his, his bread and butter is the, the, 
the flexibility, the athleticism, the, 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 the movement in the net. Uh, he gets to a lot of pucks and then he can recover and make secondary saves. Uh, but it, it, he's a project. Like there's no question when you draft a kid who's been, uh, who hasn't played at sort of a major, major level other than briefly with the national team when they needed help this season. Uh, when you draft a kid who's not even going to college next year and is, is going to play elsewhere and then sort of move on like he is with Northern Michigan. Um, it, it's, it's a process. It's going to be five, six years before they know what they have there. Uh, the, the silver lining that in that is that goaltenders, A, don't need a rush and B, I believe he's a summer birthday as well. So Hampton's a kid who has time on his side. He was, if I'm not mistaken, one of the younger goalies taken in this draft class. So. Uh, they, there's, they, they can play, they can afford to play the long game. Uh, and, and with where they drafted him, it's not like you're using an asset, uh, on, on a, on a sort of a second round asset on a goalie or sort of swinging on one of the true top goalie prospects in the draft where the timeline you'd hope would be a little bit quicker. So I expect him to do the junior path and then go to Northern Michigan and spend three or four years there. And then, uh, hopefully by the time he's done, he's, he's sort of still has that that sort of natural ability in terms of his feet and his explosiveness. And uh, hopefully he's sort of added a little bit of, a little bit of muscle to his frame. And then you've got a, a potentially a really interesting uh, goalie who you can bring into the AHL fold and hopefully bring into the NHL fold someday. Scott, we're talking about the player draft at 118th overall in the NHL entry draft. And you know that his birthday is in the middle of the summer. It's July 2nd. How do you possibly know that? <laughs> That's, I mean, this is my job. So <laughs> I understand, but there's 117 guys taken ahead of him. He's an 18 yeah, year old a- high school goalie and you know that he's got a midsummer birthday. <laughs> there's only, uh, there's only so many goalies that I have to pay attention to. So That's the fair. goalies are easy to, to keep track of. I wouldn't likely be able to tell you what the forward or defenseman taken in that range when he's born, but I, I do try to keep mental notes on sort of the guys at the extremes, the guys who are, uh, like a Cohen Zemer, who are on the older side of the draft class. December 8th, for the it, record. It, it, certainly it matters when a goalie is younger because it, it tells you a lot about what's, a, what, what's in front of them. That's why we have you on the show. Yeah, I think absolutely. Is, <laughs> yeah. uh, so Jesse and I know absolutely nothing about goalies, and I feel like it's clear that you do. How do you evaluate those littler details in a goalie's game, especially when trying to project how they might be in his game six years down the road at a higher level beyond just like, well, I'm watching the game. The goalie is stopping the puck. It's not going in. Like, how do you find these little nuances in a goalie? Cause like you're talking to two guys here who just don't get it with goalies. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not a goalie expert by any means. It's certainly the hardest position for me to evaluate. I rely on a network of, of goalie coaches. There are three or four goalie coaches who I have on speed dial in terms of text about uh, what matters and the, the tools I should be looking for and even quest- questions about specific goalies if they've had time to watch them and that kind of a thing. So uh, it's, it's, a, it's, it's still the most difficult position. There's no question. It's hard to project them. It's hard to sort of properly get a full a full understanding of where they're at now and what they might look like five, six years from now because their timelines are so much longer than uh, forwards. Certainly defensemen take a little bit longer, but certainly their timelines are about twice as long at this age, typically as, as your sort of top forward prospects are, or at least until you know uh, what a forward prospect is and whether he, whether or not he's going to be a player kind of thing. Um, but I, I think a lot of it has to do nowadays. There are 
really two things I look for in goalies. One is sort of that technical piece, uh, really three things maybe. One is that technical piece of catching hand. Uh, are they dropping a lot of puck? Are they getting frozen glove side or blocker side consistently? Um, are they track? What, what does their tracking look like in terms of seeing pucks through traffic? Uh, are they constantly scrambling because they're, they're the technical pieces missing in terms of just picking up on pucks and seeing through screens and all of that? Uh, and then obviously there's, there's the athletic piece in terms of that post, just post explosiveness. How quickly are they getting to cross ice passes on the power play and on two on ones? Are they making those saves more consistently than other goalies would in that same situation? Uh, or do they just not have the juice to, to get there on time and a lot of pucks slide past them on those seam plays? Um, and then the, really the other one is the, the, the track record. I mean, certainly you want them to be compact and you want them to, to sort of uh, ideally, uh, the best goalies are, are sort of hold their edges really well and square up to shooters and don't lose their lines and that sort of compact positional play is extremely important. But I actually find that most goalies at this age don't really have that, uh, too dialed in. At least, uh, certainly goalies that are going in the fourth round shouldn't be expected to have that too dialed in. Um, but the, the, then there's the track record. I rely on the data and the number and what the numbers tell me more for goalies than I would for. Uh, for forward or de- forwards or defensemen, I, I truly believe that you need to, the saves need to be there. And goalies that are in the 800s in particular, unless they're playing behind a really, really sloppy team defensively, goalies that are in the 800s typically just don't suddenly become 920 goalies at lower levels. And it's those 920, 930 goalies at lower levels that are making it and, and that are becoming the NHL types. So, uh, that's, that's a piece of it as well is sometimes you just have to, fall back on, on the data with goaltenders in particular. My other question with regards specifically to this goaltender is that I know that when I played high school hockey in New York, there was one camera from the school production department <laughs> shooting this game and it was not very usable footage. Like, How do you watch War Road High School? Like, I know you talked about seeing him with the national team. That's obviously a lot more accessible, but like, can yeah. you find War Road High School games on your computer? Yep. So War Road is a, uh, one of the team, not every team in Minnesota's sort of high school hockey circuit has reliable broadcasts, but War Road broadcasts every single one of their games. They've actually, that arena that they play in is actually has a camera quite close to the ice. So it can be a little bit like you're sitting in a tennis match, watching the tennis ball go back and forth with how quickly the camera has to move. It's some, as, as you guys well know, some of those smaller rinks, the cameras are practically right on top of the ice and War Road's certainly one of those. Uh, and then there's a scouting service we use actually called uh, at, at the athletic. There's a scouting service we use called Instat Hockey, uh, and Instat catalogs uh, virtually every every game. If you have searched Hampton's name inside of Instat, you'd get a catalog of, of uh, all of his ice time this season. You can just watch through every second he's been on the ice. So uh, not a camera that's locked to him. Obviously, that's just through the game feeds, and they've broken down the the ice time for all of these players so that you can watch. Uh, their ice time specifically when they're on the ice. Obviously, in his case, that's virtually all the time with that team. And I think he only lost one. I think that War Road team that he played on only lost one game when he was in the net last year. So uh, he was he was the guy, obviously. So um, yeah, he, those games are uh, every single one of his games last year uh, or close to it is available online. Scott, I'm going to ask you real quick to comment on a strategy that may or may not be used in the future. But before the draft, Mark and Eddie talked to Zach and I, me and Zach, whichever one is correct, talked to me and Zach. 
and said that one of the fears about drafting a goalie is that if the goalie ever does wind up making it to the NHL, he's probably playing for someone else's team because of the timeline mm-hmm. for goalie development. One of the benefits of this pick, Hampton Slikinski, is that the Kings don't have to sign him to an ELC until August 15th, 2029. They have six years plus to let him develop and figure out what they have before they even have to make a decision. Is that now Mark Unetti admitted to me that that was definitely a benefit, not the exclusive reason that they drafted the kid, but it was definitely part of the reasoning. Is that a strategy that you admire? Am I reading too much into this? Can you see other teams taking advantage of that opportunity in the future? It's, it's a, yeah, it's a part of it. I think it's a bit of a double-edged sword. Um, I mean, you don't have to look any further than the Kings organization to realize that these kids that go college can sometimes play that waiting game. Sometimes they take it right to that deadline and then they become free agents and, and they go another direction. And we saw that with the Kings just this year with Eric Portillo, who waited until it went back for a fourth year, even though he was offered to deal with the Buffalo Sabres after his third year, went back to Michigan for a fourth year specifically so that he could test the market and become a free agent. And Hampton, if he becomes as good as they're hoping to, to become, that he'll become, the double-edged sword would be that if he is that good, he'll probably have to face that, that same choice of, okay, if I, if I play my full four years at Northern Michigan, uh, I can then sort of take the pick. Obviously, the team that drafts him is, is at an advantage. They will get to work with him and, uh, their development staff will be in contact, constant contact with him over the next four years and he'll have to send them his game reports and, break down his tape with them and all of those things. And hopefully he's got a positive relationship with them and everything in his career goes the way that he and they want it to go. And then at the end they sign him and he becomes their guy, but it, it, de- it definitely can go both ways. Certainly with college goalies more than, uh, more than other goalies, I would say, uh, even if you do have to play, uh, play the waiting game. Well, Scott, as always, we appreciate your insight. Thank you very much. Thanks guys.